From the United Nations in New York City, this is Radio Rotary. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And today, Jonah, we're coming to you from the United Nations in New York City for Rotary UN Day. And we'll be right back with our interviews with Rotarians from around the world right after these important messages. What can you do as a member of Rotary? You can eradicate polio. You can promote peace. You can feed the hungry. You can help children do better in school. Whether it's helping to eliminate a dreaded disease, volunteering at a food bank, or equipping a school library, Rotary is people who know that by working together, you can do anything. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in Motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Well, we're delighted to welcome back to Radio Rotary one of our uh, dear friends, Freddie Lee Kaplan uh, from Gift of Life. Freddie Lee, good morning and welcome back to Radio Rotary. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us once again, what is Gift of Life? Gift of Life is a program that is Rotary-based. It's probably the second largest program of Rotary, next to Polio Plus. We provide heart surgery for children from developing nations who have congenital heart defects. And we have three core programs that we're training doctors in to make these programs sustainable, which is Uganda, El Salvador, and Jamaica. I was going to ask you, how many countries are involved in total? We, are, we have worked with 65 countries and we, counting, and counting. Um, but the three, those three are the, where we're training. We are also developing medical, medical uh, programs, but not, cert, not training, but providing surgery in Kosovo, Philippines, and Haiti. And where does your funding come from, Freddie Lee? Well, our funding comes from private donors, and a great deal now is coming from Rotary International as a result of global grants and district grants. So we have grants coming from New York and California and Florida that are working with Rotary International. It's amazing what they're doing for us. So when you go to these developing countries, um, you take a group of people. Is that what happens? And, and times and places are set up where people can bring children? Is that how it goes? Or yes. do you, are you partnering? Give us a little bit how, okay. how the connection is made. We partner with many NGOs throughout the world, like Chain of Hope from England, Save a Child's Heart from Israel. When we first start to work with a country, we will send a screening team in to screen the children who are referred to us by local doctors. Then we, we usually ship them out to other countries because they can't do, the, do it in this country. When they come back, they see that the children have lives have been saved. And that begins to build a sense of trust and that we know we're, they know we're reliable. You know, I think an important point to make is uh, these doctors who are doing these uh, surgeries, these intricate and delicate heart surgeries, for which they could probably get a very substantial fee, they're volunteers, right, Freddie Lee? Yes, everybody is volunteer, except our executive director and two administrative people. Everybody's volunteer. Now, when we train doctors, when we send teams in, they, they are doing it pro bono. But Gift of Life International plus Gift of Life 
districts through grants and sometimes independently will fund these missions, these medical surgery vi- visits. Okay, well, well, talking about the funding, if somebody wanted to know more about it, do you have a website somebody could go to? Yeah. What if somebody wanted to donate either their time or their money? What would that be, Freddie Lee? Uh, there's a website for giftoflifeinternational.org, and there is a place to donate. That's our website. There's also a Facebook page for Gift of Life International, and there's a link to the, fa- to the uh, website page so people can donate. Well, Freddie Lee Cap. Wonderful. Thank you. Lee Kaplan, thank you so much for everything you're doing for sick children around the world, and thank you for joining us once again on Radio Rotary. Thank you for the honor of asking us to talk to you. It's our pleasure. Well, you know, Sarah, I know hotel rooms are expensive here in New York City. Uh, we're here for they you. Sure are. We're here for United Nations Day, but I never thought I'd see somebody pitch a tent in the lobby of the United Nations. It's Lou Turpin, one of our favorite Rotarians from the Rhinebeck Rotary Club. Lou, why have you pitched a tent here in the middle of the United Nations? Well, Jonah, today I'm representing Shelterbox USA, and uh, Shelterbox is an international disaster relief organization providing shelter, warmth, and dignity to the survivors of disaster all around the world. You know, the shelter box, uh, folks at home, is about the size of an old-fashioned steaming trunk. It looks like a gigantic Tupperware box. And you would be amazed at what people like Lou Turpin can cram into that box to have people survive, what, six months, Lou? Well, they're designed for the short term, six months or less, although uh, some disasters have resulted in families living in our shelter box tents for as long as three years. The, the over 300,000 people in Haiti have been in their tents for nearly three years now. Well, and besides this uh, magnificent tent, which can sleep how many low? Um, it's designed to house an extended family. I've seen as many as 10 or more living in these tents for extended periods of time. You know, it's it's one thing to hear about shelter box. It's another thing to really see them. And like you mentioned, Jonah, they they come in a, what looks like a big Tupperware, and they weigh, what, about 100 pounds, Lou? Um, a complete box could weigh up to 140 pounds, depending upon which of the many... Uh, which of the many stoves that we use are well, in there. Well, tell us what is included in the shelter box as far as necessity items, personal care items, that type of thing. And then let's talk about the stoves a little bit because I know you've made some advancements. But first, what are the basic things included in a shelter box? Sure, Sarah. The Well, the obviously the centerpiece of the shelter box box is the shelter box tent, which, as we just described, can ha- house an extended family. Uh, the stoves that we're going to talk about in a moment are included. All the cookware necessary. There's tools in there for rebuilding their lives, hammers, saws, ropes, that sort of thing. Um, there's things to sleep in or on, depending upon where it's going. If it's going into a cold climate, it has warm blankets. Uh, if it's going into a tropical climate, there are uh, mosquito nets to protect people from, from mosquito-borne diseases. You've thought of everything just about. We, we've tried. The Two of my favorite parts of the box are the life straw water filtration system, which can take out 99.99% of all viruses and bacteria from any water, and then the kid kit, which is nothing more than a little yellow backpack that has coloring books and colored pencils to allow the children of the family a little bit of a distraction so mom and dad can focus on uh, rebuilding the family's lives. You know, let me uh, uh, describe the shelter box tent for our listeners. Um, You know, Lou, you and I are about 5'9", 5'10". We could easily stand in this tent. It is very spacious. It is very sturdy looking. It's got the Rotary logo on it, of course. And uh, what are some of the countries and some of the disasters that Shelterbox has sent these uh, life-saving shelters and, and other equipment 
in the recent past? Uh, well, we're, our biggest current deployment is, of course, in and around Syria. Uh, we're one of the most uh, extraordinary disasters uh, of our time is taking place with over six and a half million people displaced from their home. Um, we're active in the countries immediately around Syria, including Iraqi Kurdistan, Jordan, Lebanon, Turkey, um, as well as within Syria. We have uh, some teams operating within Syria itself. Um, that disaster aside, we're currently active in the Philippines for two different things. Um, not only the earthquake that just took place there, but immediately before that, there was conflict there. Um, we're active in the Sudan for flooding. Um, all, all around the world, at any given point, we're usually active in about five or six different countries. Uh, of the more than 200 countries of the world, um, we're drawing very close to having been in, uh, deployed at virtually every one of those countries. So just for our listening audience, just a little uh, inside scoop about Rotary International, or outside scoop it really is, is that we are a non-political, non-religious, non-socioeconomic organization. It is a global uh, fellowship group of people who help those in need, and, and Shelter Box is an exemplary of that, going to where these disasters are. So regardless of what your political views are, you're still in those countries helping out. Now, how do you get the Shelter Box deployed? Because that's a whole other piece of the operation, Lou Turpin, ambassador for Shelter Box. <laughs> well, it, it, how we get them deployed depends upon the country. You, you mentioned politics. Uh, on our list of countries to which we've been deployed is North Korea. And people see that on our list and say, how in the world did that? Yeah, I'm amazed by that. Yeah, that how that happens. And, and the fact of the matter is we have political ways of, of transcending that issue. Um, I, I, putting uh, credit where credit's due, Rotary plays a huge part of, the, of, of our ability to work around the world because um, we were founded by a Rotarian uh, a little over a dozen years ago, uh, and we continue to be uh, affiliated with Rotary. Just, since to, just to clarify, the Shelter Box initiative was founded by a Rotarian. That, about 10 years ago, correct? 10, that, 12 years ago? Yeah. That's correct. Shelterbox was a millennium project for a, a, a Rotary Club in Cornwall, England. And uh, we are a separate organization, but Rotary allows us uh, a, a foot in the door in many countries because because of our uh, Rotary project partner relationship with, with Rotary. We're able, we, we have Rotarians that are on the ground and are quite often our first eyes and ears at a disaster. And become our sponsors to get into a country where sometimes the countries aren't letting in outside aid. So it cuts through a lot of the red tape and a lot of the the obstruct, you know, the 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 what are they called? The walls or the obstacles of getting into the country because of the connection with Rotarian to ro fellow Rotarian. So Lou Turpin, if people want to learn more about Shelterbox, is there a website? Shelterboxusa.org. Give us that one more time. Shelterboxusa.org. Lou Turpin, Shelterbox Ambassador and Rhinebeck Rotarian, thank you so much for everything you're doing to house the homeless around the world as a result of natural and man-made disasters. And thanks for joining us once again on Radio Rotary. Thanks, Jonah. Thanks, Sarah. It's my pleasure. And we'll be right back with our exclusive coverage of Rotary UN Day and our interviews with Rotarians from around the world right after these important messages. Backed by popular demand, Millbrook Rotary's 10th annual New Year's Eve Millbrook, a free, fun-filled family event for all ages in Millbrook, December 31st, 
from 4 till 8.15 p.m. Enjoy professional entertainment with fabulous music for every taste from such old favorites as Larry Ham and the Hanman Family Ensemble, as well as Metropolitan Klezmer, plus Bindlestiff Circus, The Puppet People, a magic show, and a working model railroad display. Lighted buttons and refreshments, free parking, so save a date. New Year's Eve, Millbrook, December 31st from 4 to 8.15 p.m. For more information, contact millbrookrotary.org. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community. Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at Salisbury salisburybank.com that's salisburybank.com salisbury bank and trust member fdic an equal housing lender salisbury bank enriching welcome back to radio rotary we're coming to you from the united nations in new york city for rotary un day welcome back to radio rotary we're coming to you from the united nations in new york city for rotary un day we're joined now on Radio Rotary uh, with a New York Rotarian, Todd Horroth, of the Ellen Meadows Prosthetic Hand Foundation. Todd, good morning and welcome to Radio Rotary. Thanks for having me. How are you? Terrific. So what is the Ellen Meadows Prosthetic Hand Foundation? What's that all about? So the Ellen Meadows Prosthetic Hand Foundation, otherwise known as LN4, is a foundation that through Rotary gives out prosthetic hands all over the world for free. And up to, to date, over 16,000 hands have been given out, all free of charge. And uh, that's just a great project. How many, how many countries does that represent? How many countries have sure. you been involved with? Sure, over 75 countries at this stage. And counting, I'm sure. Absolutely, and counting. I'm actually in talks right now with a, a whole project starting in Sierra Leone and a new project starting in Sierra Leone. We just shipped over 100 hands to Afghanistan and it just keeps coming and coming. It's it's a great, great project that uh, takes care of, I think Rotary's distribution network is really what's so great that we utilize so well with this project. Well, that's a really good point. But before you can get the hands out to everybody, where does your funding come from? Sure. Well, there's a few fun ways that we, we get funding. First off, obviously, it's, it's different grants and, and uh, for example the New York Rotaries Foundation has given us a very substantial grant which is great and all sorts of different Rotaries do but the real way in which we get the hands together which is really ingenious is through um, it's a group called Odyssey Teams and there's a few other groups and what they are are basically uh, corporate training uh, groups so what they'll do is they'll bring in Google or Apple bring in 10,000 employees for a leadership conference and at the end of this conference they will put together the hands for us, get t- get their picture taken, and those hands will be given back to the foundation to be distributed around the world. So you know, they effectively pay for the hand 
put it together for us and then are able to, to give it back. That's a great model. What an interesting way. So you actually produce and manufacture assembles, as it were. Now, is this an initiative of the New York Rotary Club, or is this a separate, completely no, it's, separate it's, thing, uh, or a partnership, yeah, or yeah. what? I'm a little confused. Sure. So so it's actually, it originally started out of California, and it was a general, gentleman named Ernie Meadows, and his daughter was Ellen Meadows. Gotcha. Ellen passed away when she was 18 in a car accident, and and the, the great thing about this man is he was always a tinkerer, and so the reason it's called 4, Ellen 4, is because this was his fourth project to serve humanity, and so since then, we partnered with uh, the Walnut Creek Rotary Club, which was my former club before moving back east here. Oh, I see. So you're a West Coast, you're a Bicoastal boy, huh? That's it, yeah. So I'm, I started over there, and uh, now we're over here, and so there's so many different clubs that are involved. There are uh, literally thousands of clubs involved. Now, let me uh, talk about the hand itself. You know, uh, when I was growing up, there was a, uh, a World War II veteran lived next to us, and he had a prosthetic hand. It looks sort of like a hook from Peter Pan, like Captain Hook. Uh, it had two uh, highly polished uh, metal prongs that could, you know, grip something. I remember he used to grip his pipe with it. But this looks more like an actual hand. It's Absolutely. got uh, several fingers. Uh, who designed it, and how was it developed from the old days? Sure. So, I, again, this was Ernie Meadows was is just so paramount in designing this. And he we, actually we, did it. Well, he was like a, a kind of an inventor in his tinkerer, garage. Tinkerer. Yeah. Exactly. Got and, then, you know, like in Silicon Valley, how we all are over over there in the Bay Area, we're, we're all pretty inventive. And uh, this gentleman is just amazing. This is actually a functional hand, and that's what's so great about it. So it actually has a lever that you can basically close the grip so that you can grip items like a pen or a toothbrush or a work uh, a shovel, something like that. Much more for fine motor skills than... Absolutely. And you can also, if you think about it, you can also operate a vehicle. You can drive a motorcycle. There's all sorts of things. You can eat now because you can pick up a, a spoon or a fork. So there's all sorts of things. It's a functional hand. And that's why it's it's just so great. So what is your website? If somebody, because we're describing it to people, but if somebody wanted to A, know, find out more about your foundation, um, and B, actually take a look at this hand, where would they go? Sure. It's at www.ln hyphen four dot org. Uh, give us that one more time. Even better yet would be the Facebook page. And again, it's ln hyphen four dot org. Okay. Well, Todd Horvath, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Randy Rotary, and thank you for everything you're doing for people in need. That's great. Thank you. Our day. pleasure. Well, Sarah, we have two charming and lovely young ladies with us from the Interact Club, uh, Jaina Diaz-Kelly and Michelle Egnick. And uh, Jaina, tell us, what is Interact? Um, Interact is... We, it's like a group of people, well, a big group of people who work together for the community, both local and international. So it's 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 fun. <laughs> right. And Michelle, uh, your Interact Club is based in your high school, correct? Correct. And which high school is that? Red Hook High School. What amazing thing! I'm from Red Hook too. <laughs> wow, that's great. So, what kind of uh, a service projects has uh, the Red Hook Interact Club done at the high school? Well, one of our biggest ones is a shelter box. Every year, we try to uh, we we try to raise enough money to send uh, a shelter box overseas to a disaster-stricken area. We try to raise a thousand dollars a year, so we can send one over to places like Haiti and 
it has the shelter box have everything from water purification kits to children's toys any and other tools that you need to survive. Well, that sounds terrific. It's got a big tent in it too, right? Yes. And okay. <laughs> and Jana, what year are you in high school? I'm a senior. And what are we doing next year? College? Yes. <laughs> Which college? I'm very nosy. I'm not sure yet, but uh, Ithaca College is my top choice right now. <laughs> and what kind of career path are we thinking about? Uh, biology, medical, so medical field. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. And what about? So it sounds like she's very smart. Oh, of course she's smart. She's an intern. They're all smart and interact. So in the meantime, because um, Interact is the high school level um, Rotarians, basically, our Rotarians that are here and now and the Rotarians from the future, I'd like to ask our guests how they found out about it exactly. Was it through Let's the- ask Michelle. Okay, let's ask Michelle. Was it through the school or was it through your other friends that looked like they were having a lot of fun or was it the service project you were involved in? What moved you to join Interact? Well, I've had a lot of great friends that have been in Interact, uh, older friends, and their parents have been Rotarians, and I've heard so many good things about it. And just getting involved with all the service projects have been excellent. I mean, my first one is Shelterbox. I've been doing that uh, every year since 10th grade, and I I love it. And Michelle, uh, what year are you in? I am a senior. And giving you equal time, what college are you going to next year? I'm thinking Marist or Ithaca, actually. I want um, to be head of public relations for an environmental company when I'm older. Oh, very good. Excellent. Well, Michelle Agnick and uh, Jana Diaz-Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we're here at the United Nations, Sarah, and we've run into one of our very special favorite Rotarians. Oh, we don't like him at all. Come on. I, I like him a great deal. It's Drew Kessler, our district governor. Good morning, Drew. Welcome once again to Radio Rotary. Good morning. Good to be here. So what's it like looking around the United Nations and seeing hundreds of Rotarians from around the world? This is when you realize just how small our world is, and it's truly an amazing, amazing event. And especially when we see the uh, Interact kids, the next generation. It's, it's a great way to, to bring them through and, and hear our cause and, and help us with our work. You know, people have a, uh, an idea that Rotarians are gray-haired guys eating lunch. Uh, you're among our younger Rotarians, and you're the uh, chief Rotarian for the Hudson Valley. Uh, why, as a younger man uh, with young children and uh, starting out your career, have you decided to join Rotary? Well, this is one really special organization that, regardless of your age or who you are or where you come from, you're treated as an equal. And I was brought in and treated as a fellow Rotarian from day one, and it was a very special occasion. So what's it like being district governor? It's it's amazing. It's been a really tremendous journey. It's been a great experience. It's cumbersome at time with the time requirement, but uh, it's been great. So now, to our 50,000 listeners listening to Radio Rotary right now, give the 30-second elevator speech. Why should they become Rotarians? They should become Rotarians because it enables them to grow a family outside of their family, to share in networking opportunities, to share in fellowship, to share in growing themselves as an individual, both personally and professionally. Drew Kessler, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary and join the rest of your day here at the United Nations. Thank you for having me. Take care. Well, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I've had a great day here at the United Nations for Rotary UN Day, and I think we've just spoken to a bunch of fascinating people, and um, 
I'm not ready for lunch. How about you? Oh, I'm definitely ready for lunch and a cup of tea. But you know what has really struck me, uh, Joan, is once again, it's how organizations like Rotary International, like the UN, um, and so many of the vendors and participants in um, today's UN Day 2013 in New York City, how people come together, cross-pollinate, combine all their resources in just one very simple effort to make the place, this world, a better place for those in need. And that's one of the reasons I'm so proud to be a Rotarian, is all the great things Rotary does for not only our own neighbors right here in the Hudson Valley, but all around the world. And folks at home, thanks so much for tuning in to our exclusive coverage here from the United Nations of Rotary UN Day. Be sure to join us at this same time again next week for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. So long from the United Nations in New York City. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel. CPAPC is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business.